You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Hello Sport Podcast. I'm of unqualified opinion and unwavering bias coming to you on a Monday, the date of which it has escaped me. But I can tell the punter and the dribbler that if you're in the city of Sydney on this Monday, it is blue skies as far as the eye can see, not a drip or drop across rooftops and crops to quote the great Tim Bailey, who was unceremoniously and probably unfairly sucked from Channel 10, I think maybe last year. I don't know if it was COVID cuts. It was a bullshit call, though, and Tim will say so if you ask him. Blue skies it is. We are coming to you from a pool house. We're gonna, I'm going to be honest with you. We're sitting here. I'm looking at uh, a pool as I speak. I'm drinking a nice ice-cold beer, a bloke, obviously, looking across at Eddie's feet up. We're recording at Eddie's house because... We are literally non-stop, except for this recording of the podcast, because we don't stop working, just packing, packing merch, packing merch, packing merch, sending merch, packing merch, sending it again, sending more, sending more. It never ends. 30 million, 40 million, maybe 100 million different orders that we're having to get through. Then we go, fuck, I need a break from this merch. Well, you know what we're going to do in that break? We're just going to record a fucking podcast because we do not stop. Eddie, how are you? I'm great, mate. I am a little tired. Obviously, it's been it's been tough. It's been tough going packing that many orders for the punter and the dribbler. But we aim to please. We live to please. We live to serve. Now, has have there been late nights? Mm-hmm. Have there been tediously long nights? Yeah, early mornings. Am I am I still sort of grasping the whole sending merch at large scale? sort of operation, yeah, I am. Our but fingers I, are bleeding. They're taped up. But you know what you can't take, Tom? My will. Mm-mm. My will is iron. We won't stop. Good luck breaking my will. Iron will. Iron will. Fueled by who? The punter and the dribbler, of course. Fueled by the punter and the dribbler. You guys fuel our will. <laughs> you do. Yeah. You're, the, you're the fuel that keeps me going during these fucking long, tough days. As Tom pointed out, it's a rip snorter of a day here in Sydney. Blue skies, rarely seen. Mm-hmm. I should have them, I should have my shirt off, frolicking in the pool. Yeah, or down at the beach, and we went. You know what? No, no, I'm going to stick myself indoors all day long and just pound and pound and pound. We've got a small workforce here that could power a town. How many? Man, what thirty up there? Tom? Thirty up there. Look, I mean. They could certainly power a town. A small town, but a town nonetheless. Well, a town. A town's town. If you were trying to maybe get a ghost town back up off the ground where, like, there's no one there and you need a few people just to sort of get things back into working order, I think they could probably do it. Well, they're doing a job right now. They are doing a job. While we sit here, do it and doing our job. Tell you who I felt sorry for, the Oz Post guy who had to scan every package as it went into the back of the truck. I thought that I was like, bro, last time they picked him up, he just put the box- boxes in and said, we can scan them later. And mm. I go, I respect the hell out of that. Yeah. Because that's a, dis- that's a tough but mature decision to make. You yeah. go, why would we double scan these? What would be the point of that? The only thing I will say, thinking back to that first Oz Post guy, was that he looked like a guy that he was sort of a fuck it operator. Well, I was going to say rogue operator. Yeah. Rogue operator. Is that a song? Smooth operator. Smooth, Smooth op- operator. operator. But he was a rogue <laughs> operator. <laughs> he was. He was. He was fucking But I, I feel like he might get a few people offside back at the watch house or whatever they call it. <laughs> he struck me as the sort of bloke that was prepared to give it to the man. Yeah, he's a bit, but he, he's a bit of a fuck it footy operator. Oh, mate. Like, that bloke's been playing fuck it footy, I would say, his entire life. He spent a lot of time in the van. 
You know oh, what I mean? He lives his life in the van. Yeah. He just needs to get parcels to needy people. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? It doesn't make sense for me to double scan this. Whereas the gentleman that came today looked a little bit more like he was easily spooked by a superior. He's English was second language, which is fine. But all he basically managed to get out to me was, big job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, bruh, are you seriously going to scan all these? Anyway, fuck, go for gold. And to his credit, he got it done. He's coming back for more. So hats off to him. Yep. Everyone along the supply chain doing their bit. Yeah, we now, just like to take this moment. Obviously, we touch wood because the delivery still needs to be accomplished. But yeah. to this point... Supply chain solid, rock yeah. solid. Shirts to us, rock solid. Hats to us, rock solid. Packing, rock solid. Ozpost pickup, rock solid. It's all rock solid. It's all in the hands of Ozpost now, though. It is. No, that punters and dribblers. And also in the hands of the punter and the dribbler who gives out their address because we uh, we've done merch before, and it would shock it would shock you, and also equally wouldn't shock you to know that you motherfuckers, some of you don't know your address. I spent maybe four or five hours, <laughs> I would say, rectifying incorrect addresses. So like flags in the system, in the software that we use, this this address is incorrect. Go back and change it. The amount of people that don't know their postcode was, is shocking to me. Yeah. But not like, a, not like not a number off, like wildly off. I'm like, you've just guessed. You've gone, I live in Queensland, starts with a four. Yeah. The rest, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. Fuck yeah. it. Fuck Googling it. And so I have to go to his place, and so they give you a couple of suggestions, but there's a lot of, obviously, suburbs that share postcodes. So then I'd have to, like, look at the suburb they put in, then put it in and get back what the actual Yeah, you're doing the is. job that they should have done. I would also say that, you know, I spent two or three hours looking up people's postcode and then putting in the actual suburb they live in. You don't live in Brisbane. Like, you do. But you But, you but that's not what you're right. No. Is it? No. You know what I mean? Like, I live in Sydney. Yeah. Sure, I live in Sydney. But is that your postal address? No. Is that where you want to get shit delivered to? Just to the... To, to just Brisbane? To, no. Just drop it in Brisbane, yeah. mate. Should be right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just leave it in Brisbane, man. I'll find There's it. There's probably more than one John Street. Have you thought about that? Have and, you ever considered that one? Well, look, I'd appreciate it if you did. Yeah. Obviously, there's some of you sick fucks that probably take a lot of joy mm. in knowing that I sit there hunched over rectifying incorrect addresses, but I don't. You think that because we're top of the heap that we're hands off on this sort of shit? No, well, no, no, no. We're hands on. Yeah. We, now, uh, we people have said to us, why don't you hand over control to a third party? And that all sounds pretty well and reasonable. Mm. You go, okay. Yeah, there, right are, there are businesses that do that. Sure, right? sure. Give us a quote. Oh. Oh, is that much? You want that oh. much, do you? Oh. How about you go and get fucked? <laughs> we'll do it ourselves. <laughs> we'll do it ourselves. We'll do it ourselves. On the first sunny day Sydney's seen in fucking 12 months, we'll do it ourselves. We'll do it ourselves. It was sunny yesterday as well, and I was fucking getting into her. But mm-hmm. we're pounded. Oh, we're pounded. But another big another big thanks to the punter and the dribbler who's gone one of the great lifts all time, I think. Yes. Without a doubt. We thank the punter and the dribbler. We have... Kicked it off with a little bit of a, you know, chastising of a select few punters and dribblers who don't know their fucking Well, we're no, no, not chastising, more just taking the piss, going, yeah. you get it together, mate. Yeah, I'm you, surely, you, like, you're an adult. If you can't get your postal address right, how does it... Yeah, what, 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 like, how do you, you know, how do you work in... How do you job? navigate the world? How do you hold up, uh, you know, regular employment, gainful employment, if you don't even know your postcode? How do you parent a child? 
if like you're in charge of their shit and yeah. you don't even know your own shit. Yeah, we, exactly. How are you going to get a promotion if you put your personal address as Brisbane? Yeah, that's these are just things to think about moving forward. Things for the, to take into the new year. Potential resolutions. Look, just tips and tricks with Tom and Eddie. Yeah. Very simple. That should have been the name of the podcast. Tips and tricks. Is it too late to change? I know we've got Halo Sport and merch already, but like... Again, something to think about. Okay, sure, sure. You've lost me a little bit. I was just saying tips and tricks with Tom and Eddie. I was in like, fuck off Halo Sport altogether, the name. Recall the merch. Yes. Change it to tips and tricks. Well, I don't know about recall it, Eddie. I feel like that ship sailed. I think we just, you know... The next job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's just now redundant for everyone who's got it. Tips and tricks with Tom and Eddie. (laughs) T's and T's with T and E. <laughs> Rolls off the tongue. It does. Maybe that was the forgotten name. It could have been. Um, Eddie, obviously we're going to get into sport. This will be a shorter podcast, Punters and Dribblers, because we are pounding merch into the ground. We've got bleeding fingers and we're sitting next to a pool sipping on beers. Sounds like it's casual and it's lovely as I puff on a vape as well, but it's, you know, it's hard work. Um, so there's going to be no dribbles this Week maybe Thursday we might get into some. We will, I think we'll probably do them on Thursday. But yeah, this is just about getting into your work. Um, obviously, there's a lot of sport to cover. Eddie, there's just a cu- like one thing at least that I just wanted to get out to the punter and the dribbler before we do get into it. You know, a bit of an in- it's not an indulgence. It's just more that I want to indulge. Um, there's a documentary on Disney Plus called Get Back about the Beatles. Have you started watching it yet? I have. And it's, is uh, it as good as we've been led to believe? It's fucking hectic. It's like one of the best docs I've ever seen. And I don't know if I'm like, I don't want to build it up to anything more than it is. Like, I'm a Beatles fan, but I I know for sure and certain, I know that I reckon I wouldn't have heard the majority of Beatles songs, put it that way. I know all of their popular ones, and I'd know some ones that are maybe less popular, but I definitely wouldn't have heard the majority of the songs. I'm not going to fucking bore you too much into like the minutiae other than just to re- recommend that you watch it. But like there's footage, I think there's over 60 hours of footage and 150 hours of audio that's been edited together in a seamless fucking doco, but not in, there's no one like going. So in 1969, the Beatles were coming to the end of one of the, like there's no one talking. The only thing is just like some subtitles or headings that contextualize where you're at and then the footage just plays. Like you're just watching this footage and obviously the bits that they've chosen to cut together. But they're basically in a studio. I think it's 1969 and they are meant to be coming up with some new songs for a live TV special and a live show. As the thing goes on, things change and it's ultimately leading up to their very final performance, which is on top of a roof. Yep. But so you see them in this fucking purpose-built studio that's meant to be, like, made for being filmed as well. So it's like, it just it looks, it's incredible. Everyone's mic'd up and everything. And in the 60s as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, and they've obviously, it looks like they've done that World War II colour grading, you know, where it's, like, bringing things into the... Yeah, like, yeah, yep. And you're, like, you're hearing them just, you're watching them sit there and jam, and then you're hearing like these tiny little nuggets of like the beginnings of these songs that you know really well before, like when they're just a fucking guitar riff that's not like the final product, but you're like, holy shit, is that the start of like, you know, uh, there's this one, don't let me down. And there's, or, uh, or get back. Yeah. Get back to where you want belong. And you just, you're like, oh, is that, is that the song? And then it just keeps going and you're like, holy shit. It's like it's like if you were like an archaeologist or you're watching an archaeologist slowly uncover a fucking dinosaur and you're like, 
Oh, what's he got here? Oh, oh, oh shit, it's oh, a T-Rex. Yeah, yeah. Holy yeah. fuck. Or like uh, uh, Paul McCartney's sitting there and he's playing like just the piano chords for Let It Be. Dun, 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 dun. And you're like, holy shit, is that Let It Be? And he doesn't even realise it. And then it's just like, oh, I've got this new song I've been thinking about. And he's like, and then he just starts playing it. And you're like, this is the first... This is when this song started. Like it's fucking incredible. And then there's this time where they're they've they've literally hidden. Like it was so like uh, uh, what's the word immoral almost how this film company was operating back then. They hid microphones in the flower pots at the lunch table. So they've got this recording of jo- uh, John Lennon and Paul McCartney having this like massive argument because George Harrison's fucking left the band. Mm. In the middle of this whole thing. Yeah. And they're having this big back and forth around like how everything's going, like the inner workings and the inner relationships and how like, well, this is what you do and this is what you do and this is why this is going wrong. And like they've just secretly recorded this whole thing. Wow. Dude, it's crazy. And the first first episode's three hours long, second episode's three hours long. I'm pretty sure it's like eight of them. Which for some of you might be like, well, fuck that. But I'm like, dude, it doesn't get boring. That is so sick, yeah, bro. Yeah, hectic. But the main take- I like that Paul has signed off on like all that- Yes, and Yoko, and which is crazy. And uh, Ringo, who's still with yes, us. Yes, who's still with us. Mm. Ringo of a good drummer, far better drummer than it seems like it comes across in like Beatles songs and obviously, but he just does a lot of sitting around as Ringo. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ringo of recently knighted fame, I think. Only recently? Yeah, Fuck, think... he must feel like a bit... Like, well, but I, but I think that Ringo probably knows his place. It's, you know what? It's probably a fairly reasonable amount of time for him to wait. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, yeah, you did, but like, yeah. you know. You, you, you know. You, it's not like you're one of the all-time great drummers. You just, you were in an all-time great band. Yeah, well, the greatest. Well, yeah, yeah, I would argue. But the if, one... If you go off record sales, Tom. Yes. The one takeaway, the, the biggest takeaway for me, when everyone talks about like Yoko Ono broke up the Beatles, or some people say it, like it's Yoko. A lot of people do. That's a general consensus. Yoko broke them up. Sure. And then other people might be like, well, that's actually not the case because the Beatles had this problem, this problem. I'm like, watch this documentary and try tell me that Yoko Ono didn't break up the Beatles. <laughs> she, 100, the, she, that, so the whole time they're sitting there recording, they're in the middle of this studio, like in this sort of warehouse that's been like sort of purpose built for them to record and they're sitting in the middle of it, drum kit, and then the other guys are just sitting there with their guitars and mics. Yoko is sitting right next to John Lennon on the seat. She's the only other person in shot for everything, just sitting right there, not fucking singing or anything. She might be... I, it's funny, I was like, what is she doing? She doesn't even have a phone to play on. She's like reading the fucking newspaper or just like staring at John Lennon. I'm like, it'd be like us doing the podcast and Ella or Steph just sitting right there the entire... Or on, no, when but, we're on the couch in Bloke Studios and she's just sitting right between us. <laughs> just no, sitting but, there. No, but like, every time. Every... Dude, the whole fucking time. <laughs> the whole fucking time. And then when George It'll wear pretty thin. It'll wear pretty thin. Dude, you're going like... And at one point, like, again, because there's all this footage, like, at one point Paul was like... You know, like, there's just, you can just tell that it's a distraction to everyone, but they're just obviously such fucking weirded out hippies. And I guess it was just sort of the time, but it was like, they just want to be as close to each other as possible. I'd be like, well, you know what, brah? Not when we're fucking doing our thing. Can she just sit over there? There's enough seats for her not to be fucking right on him, sitting on his lap, basically. Like, that would wear so thin. There's other seats. There's other seats. You don't need to be right next to him, brah. Not while they're recording. Just fucking take a back seat for. Two seconds. Go for a walk. She also, there's like elements, there's moments where she gets on the mic when they're just fucking around. 
it's like, dude, she's the biggest day. She's the biggest day of all time. You're like, this this chick ruined it for everyone. <laughs> well, mate, they're only together for 10 years. Well, that's not a short amount of time. But like, when you think about how much they've sort of transcended music. Yes. And how influential they've been. Oh, you mean the Beatles? I thought you were saying John and... and no, the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. They were only doing their thing for 10 years and she fucked it, basically. But that is like one of the most prolific times. Like when you... The, the most. Amount, yeah, the most. Like the amount they put out is, is almost shocking. Bro, they're putting up like what, an album or two a year? Yeah. You don't get that sort of work ethic from artists these days. No, you don't. They have three or four years off. And they go, oh, I'm too busy. I'm just, you know, I'm waiting for the creative juices to flow. Yeah. But, like, music will never be like that ever again. No. 60s and 70s, that's it. It's in a little time capsule. Yeah. Just sort of sealed away forever. Yeah. And but, just still, but still just kicking ass. Those Their songs are just like... Oh, their songs are, like, ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Shout out to Andrew Masson, who... Well, he didn't get me into the Beatles, but, like, he opened my eyes to them. We would just put a record... He just... We had, like, a lot of their records. Not all of them, obviously. We had a lot of them. And we would just play them during... At work, just, like record after record yeah. and you just sit there in a trance I know a fuckload of their songs but I wouldn't be able to tell you what they're called no do you know what I mean like so I can sing them and shit yeah when they come on like I know this and I'll be able to sing along and like hum it and shit you'll fucking love this but song. I wouldn't be able to go oh these are my I can't rattle off 50 different songs yeah, 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 do you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah. I was telling my old man I'm like bro you gotta watch this thing you're gonna shit your old pants so watch Get Back on Disney Plus I think at Disney Disney Plus whatever the fucking streaming service is do yourself a favour it's very good if you're into that shit. If you're not, then I wouldn't waste your time. Yeah, but also if you've got ears. Yeah, but if you've got it, it may just not be as uh, like I was fucking engrossed. Now, had I had a vegan cigarette or two, potentially. Well, vegan cookie, but I was like, it's kind of over. Like, for example, some of you might know that I have children. Evie sings <laughs> Let It Be. I may have brought it up before. Evie sings Let It Be. She's obsessed with it. And I was like, this is the first time it was ever sung. And then, like, it's be- I'm watching it be created, and then I'm hearing this fucking two-year-old sing it. Like, in 2021. In 2021. Like, it's just, it was a real head spin. Um, so, anyway, that was my indulgence. I just wanted to get out. I've been telling everyone that I fucking speak to to watch it. Good, mate. Get out there. Be a, be a disciple of the beat. Punters and dribblers, we are brought to you by Ned's. The best betting platform in town. Um, tell you what, if you've been following along on my profile, because obviously I've been overseas, so I've just been whacking up my bets for about even on the Ned's profiles app. You'd see some... I, I seem to bet better when I'm not around people, and I'm just able to eyeball the talent on game day, see what's happening. It's when I'm able to be as, as, as gifted as I think I am. So basically what you're saying is it's a lot harder to bet almost a week in advance. That is games. what I'm saying, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for example... You could say it's also a 24 hours before a game though, right? No, because if you're putting your bets in on Wednesday morning and there's a game Sunday night... There's also a game on Thursday. Yeah, but that, I'm not talking about that one. Right. I'm talking about the other games where maybe, you know, Nathan Cleary doesn't play yep. or Hines doesn't play. Well, yep. Nathan Cleary did play, but Hines doesn't play. Yep. You get caught out. You do get caught out. You know? You, you do. You get caught out. If you're following on my prof is what I'm saying is daddy, they are calling me daddy value. And I didn't come up with that either. It's embarrassing. How many bets you get on the weekend? Two. I got three. <laughs> well, <sighs> but you're not a dad, so they can't call you daddy value. Dad of a dog. Well, you mm, they could call you doggy style value. Doggy value. I don't know. It doesn't really have the same ring to it Why? as daddy value. You've been pettist. Well, it's not pettist. You aren't a father. 
I'm father of a dog. No, you're not a and father Tonka. of a dog. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Shout out to Neds. We love you. Shout out to Neds. Uh, you can follow our profiles on Neds. You can also join the About Even group um, where the you know everyone's sharing their bets in there and shit. I actually followed one of Gurus yesterday, uh, which was a Joey Manu away. Yeah, it didn't get up. No, it didn't. He was very lucky that his unit scooper got up. See, bastard. I've got a bone of contention next. If that was me, there's no way I'm getting given those nine units. No, but he's, no, but he's got it on and the bet stands. Yes. So it's live. The bet's right. live. Well, I'm just saying, I don't know that I would be afforded. This is what Tobler and I were discussing anyway in the green room. I know this is still a live read. This is a bone of contention. I don't think that I would be afforded the same graces where apparently I'm not getting... So fucking, you think the bet's void altogether? Well, I'm saying you have been robbing me of units even though all my bets were going up last week. Were no, you? we robbed you of two bets. Two. Right. You didn't put one up for the Titans game or whatever it was, and you didn't do a unit scooper. That was all you robbed But I for. did the bets. I no, just you didn't. didn't. You didn't put them up. They went on your profile. They, they weren't, weren't on there. my profile? No. Well, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll show you. There was one game where there was no profile bet. There wasn't. I went through it last week. You didn't do, you didn't do two bets, and you lost fucking well, two Tobler units, told that's me, it. told me I, none of my, all my bets are void because they're not online. One of them. Okay, so Tobler doesn't even listen. You're right. So that's the problem. That's the problem. We've, we've now uncovered that. You didn't do a there. unit scooper last week. That was void, so you lost a unit. Yep. And then there was one other bet out of eight. Okay, well, so Tobler's lying. Then. Yes. Tobler's lying to you and I. Correct. Well, he's lying on your behalf. Shocking. Thanks, Nads. Cheers, Nads. Fuck you, Tobler. Now, you win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Punters and dribblers, it's the most generous podcasters of all here, Tom and Eddie. Here to look after the pun and the dribbler and their drinking needs. Mm. It's still rosé drinking season. We know that. It's worth having a couple of bottles laying around. Yeah, I don't expect you to drink it in the driving rain, but I just went outside and the sun's out, baby. Oh, really? Sun's out, bum's out again, and it's fucking hot out there. I'll be losing the jacket, Tom. Mm. I can promise you that. So you need a couple of cases laying around your digs. You just do. Well, it's certainly when you've got guests, you're entertaining. Hey, come round. A couple of Sheila's come round. You want to be able to crack a bottle yeah. and impress? Yeah. Of course you do. Now, you're going to get 50 bucks off each case if you use the code MANLY. That's a gift from Tom and I at hellosport.shop. Six bottles. You're getting $50 off hellosport.shop. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Be prepared. Yeah. And if you're not prepared, you're prepared to fail. It's not the saying, but it's all right. Fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Got it. There's nothing wrong with that. No, there's not. There's there's worse things to be doing. Putters and dribblers, when we're talking cricket, it's thanks to our dear friends at KO. KO have got our backs, so we've got theirs. If you want to watch cricket in glistening HD, uninterrupted by ads during play, then you do it at KO. You've got the best commentators. You've got the best uh, product, best coverage. It's end-to-end. It's up and down. It's all around. Test trigger, big bash. Fucking whatever you want. Yeah. Just just dip your dip your whole body into the pool of cricket this summer and do it with your friends at KO because it'll be the best decision you've ever made. Mm-hmm. But all that aside, Tom, it's been another great week for the nation. Obviously, I mean... We pumped the palms. We pumped the palms. I don't know how else to put it. No, no, we pumped them. We pumped them. We absolutely pumped them. Now, if you're following me on Hello Sport Instagram... We obviously have, you know, ears and eyes inside the shed. Our birdies told us that Pat, Blue Eyes Cummins, lost the toss on purpose. Ended up being a fucking genius call. He goes, you know what? Let's put the pressure into his corner. Yeah. Because we can bat if we have to. But also, if he bats, we'll have a bowl. 
We don't mind bowling if we have to because this thing's as green as it gets. But also, if we if we have to bat, then that's fine as well. We'll fucking we'll rack up six hundred. You know what I mean? So there's no issues either way. But as it was, Joe Root of I don't know if I'd follow you into battle fame. Can't score tons in Australia fame. That's exactly right. Goes, we'll have a bat. He thinks there's a bit there for his batsman. No, bro, there wasn't. There was a bit there for batsmen, but not for English batsmen. No, 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 for his batsmen. Yeah. For English batsmen. And they'll be like, oh, David Milan and Root got in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, you did. In the second dig, bro, when the game was over. Who gives a shit? Do you know what I mean? You, you had a fight back, but you didn't really. It was like a, it was a glimpse. It gave your your fans hope, but there was never any hope. There. I'll give you a hot tip, Tom. Something I've learned about Test cricket over the years. Lay it on me. It's all about winning sessions. Okay, from my opinion, from my perspective, England won three out of nine. N- no, no, out of eleven. Was it three? Or did we finish on the fourth day? Fourth day. Yeah. Call it eleven sessions. So it was three to eight. You're not going to win. You're not going to win playing test cricket like that. Like you can win sessions, bro. That's fine. But we won a fuckload more of them, and we won the first day. We we won the first six. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could argue. I'm going to argue it for us mm. because I'm Australian. Yeah. But what are the just incredible opportunity they presented us by not playing uh, Broad and Anderson? Two of the most prolific wicket takers in the history of Test cricket, on a day where you could argue that it was pretty, there was a bit there for the bowlers. They decide to rest broad that morning, day one morning. Anderson already rest, and I just think to myself, have you cunts been living under a fucking rock? Mm. Like, why do you think that Australia plays at the Gabba first cab off the rank to set the wheels in motion for Aussie success? That's why set the tone. To set the tone and build momentum. It's now 1-0. And you've got to win three tests out of the remaining four. I mean, good luck to you. It's yeah. not going to happen. And you two, you resting your two best bowlers came across to me like you were conceding the first test. Or, or that they just rolled into town with this just uniquely English arrogance. Like, ah, oh, fuck it. But can you be arrogant in Australia when you've had so little success here? I wouldn't have thought so, Eddie, but you never know with the Poms. You know, you just don't know. They can surprise. And they shocked me with their arrogance. And we dealt with it. We were like, well, okay, you want to be arrogant? All right, sure, we'll play that. We'll play that. And we did. We pumped him. Shout out to Travis Head, who we basically called as soon as we saw that moustache. And we were like, he's going to have a fucking good game. It was all in the mo. Make no mistake about that, punters and dribblers. First batter, I think, to get 100 in a session at the Gabba, whilst it was an extended session, it's a session. We call it a session. What's a session? Sessions have been extended before. They have, and they'll be extended again. It's not the first time a session's been extended, Tom. And it won't be the last. No, it won't be the last. No, it won't be the last. So, congratulations to Trav, channeling his inner David Boone, I think, because it was given off Boonie vibes. I feel like he's a sensitive new age Boonie. He's obviously a lot more slender... Uh, probably a lot more thoughtful considered, maybe I'm more in touch with his emotional side. Was that bullshit him finding himself for swearing? He didn't find himself. He got fined 15% of his match fee because the stump mic picked him up saying, cunt. So he didn't find himself? Of course he didn't find himself. He's not a turbo. I thought you could swear out in the middle. I thought that's all that you heard out in the middle was swearing. They, the stump mics picked it up. Yes, I know, but the stump mic's always on. I know. So it's like... But as if they don't swear their fucking heads off behind the mic. Dude, you can't. 
The stumps, rather. Really? That's, yeah, it's ridiculous. Are you serious? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Why can't you swear? Because it's going out to millions and but millions But it doesn't really go out. But it does, though. Because it does. Sort of. And he said cunt. I think that's play on. Of course it is. 15% of your match fee. I mean, they're obviously well paid, but like, it's like you, the broadcasters have want, want all this extra, like, mic, this, that. We want to have cameras here. We want mics everywhere. Like, surely the players should be able to go, okay, that's fine. But if you pick up, you know, an incidental C-bomb from a sensitive new age boonie who's just missed one that he probably should have got, well, that he, he feels he should have got a hold of, should have dispensed to the boundary. <laughs> Like what the what do you want him to do? What do you want him? What what is it with, that you would like him to do? A man who's been under pressure, who's been in and out of the side, needed big runs. Who needed big runs? Who needed to stand up and deliver for the nation because we'd been losing wickets. You know, a mini collapse, you could call it. And he gets frustrated with himself because a he knows that Australian runs have gone wanting, begging, begging Tom, and a sensitive new age boonie. He's feeling the pressure. He's looking to release the valve a little bit. Yeah. So he can clear himself and go back to facing the next nut. Now, if you can't let out a little cunt when you're facing nuts for the nation, then I'm not here. Yeah, exactly. It's a high-pressure situation, and sometimes, much like uh, a dormant volcano sometimes needs to have a little bit of... Not a full-blown eruption. He's not smashing the stumps and punching the umpire. No, just a little splurt. It's not a Mount Vesuvius Yellowstone situation. It's a little bit of a... Like a geyser or a geyser or something. A geyser, a geyser, gyoza, <laughs> like a little gyoza. He's just a, you know, fucking, a little Japanese. It's thing. a little gyoza. Yeah, for a sensitive new age boonie, when the the weight of the nation's on his shoulders, on his shoulders. Make no mistake, punters and dribblers, it's on his shoulders. No one's under more pressure than an Australian batsman after a mini collapse who hasn't scored runs at the Gabba in and out of the side. I mean, that is absolutely ludicrous. Now, if you want to look for working solutions, that's what I think we should be moving towards. We're a solutions-based podcast. Put a 10-second delay on the stump, mic, and some bloke can fade it in and out. It goes, whoop, bit of a cunt there, fade it out. Yeah. Come back. Picked up a cunt there. Picked up a cunt, I'll fade that out, and we'll come back in. Mm. Piece of piss. Piece of piss. Then you've got the opportunity to put a little bit of mic audio out to the to the masses, Tom, but also for a bloke to little let off a little goyoza. Yeah, the only problem there, I would say, Eddie, is that if you've got a 10-second delay on the stump mic that you won't hear, it won't be, like, in line with his mouth or, like, you know, if he's, you know... Look, I'm looking for working solutions here, Tom, yeah. not, 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 not hurdles. No, well, I think a working solution in the title needs to work, and I'm just considering all options, but I'm... Curious as to whether that will work. That what if my... what if the whole thing's delayed? Like you know, surely there's a slight delay between the footage and what's real, like what's really happening. Like it's getting beamed out. There, uh, I don't know. There, there might be a slight one for live sport, but I, I think like even when they were doing when they do like live footy on radio, there's no delay. You're not in any delay for the live sport. Look, I'm just help. I'm trying to help out. You know. A fellow Australian yep. who's out there doing the damn thing for the nation, mm. securing Ws. Yeah, you know, hang on to his hard earned. Because if anyone fucking earned it, it's a sensitive new age David Boone yeah. in Travis Head. Uh, you know what might maybe ease the the sting of a of a sensitive new age Booney getting um, getting fined. It would be. That the entire English side, I believe, got fined the entirety of their match fees. 
for slow over rates. It was the third slowest, I think, over rate in the history of Test cricket in Australia. This over rate thing, mate, is is just is crazy to me. In every, I cannot recall in my lifetime a day's Test cricket where they didn't take the extra half an hour in the third session. Mm. The third session always goes for two and a half hours. Always. I'm not mad at it. And they never get, and they still don't get the ninety in. No. That's the, if you take the extra half an hour, you should get the. You should be getting the ninety. They yeah. never get the ninety. They buy like eighty eight, eighty seven with the extra half an hour. Another fucking pet peeve. While I'm just going off, go. If we lose a whole session to cricket, a whole session to rain, rather, a whole session, two hours. Don't just tack an extra half an hour on in the morning. What you start at fucking ten instead of ten thirty, or ten thirty instead of eleven. It's ten thirty in the morning. Get the boys out there at nine o'clock. Get the cricket in. Yeah. Why can't they get up a little earlier? Why can't you get a, oh, what what? You can't bowl fucking three hours in the morning. You get drinks breaks every hour, then you get forty minutes off. Get in there and get the the tough stuff done. It's called a test for a reason. It's called a test for a reason. I just don't want to see Test cricket lost or results you know gone wanting and draws come in their place because we couldn't play a little bit more cricket in the morning. When the sun was shining, the, the sun's up at fucking five o'clock up there, mate. Yeah. Don't tell me that light's an issue at ten thirty in the morning. It's not because it's not. That's a lie. That's a complete fib. It's a complete fib. But that is what it is. Nathan Lyon got his four hundredth. He did. Gary of getting better as the years go on. For yeah, him. we In didn't see a wicket. Well, we didn't see a wicket from him for like you know a year basically. But then. When we needed it, he came out and bloody Milan, bang. I think he took three quickies, got to 400, then got to 402 like it was no one's business. Looked fucking unplayable. Well, he got four wickets in the fourth Did innings. he get four? Yeah, in, oh, the, he got in the second innings. Got four. Good for him. Gary Lyon. He's on 403. Yeah. He's just ripping and tearing. 400's in the rearview mirror. People are like, oh, he can't fucking, you know, he can't he can't bowl us to a win. It's like, righto, bro. Well, how about I get four wickets after we had a slow day, day three. We come out in the morning. The new day brings a new dawn, whatever the fucking saying is. No, that's probably it. Who cares? Yeah. Gary goes, hold me beer, bro. Boom, 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 boom. Cummins in on the action. Baggy green. green baggy green root. with the big root wicket. It's just good to see. It, everyone's gelling. Everyone's vibing. Everyone's having a great time. And there just seems to be a great energy around the camp. Very impressed with Alex Carey's work behind the sticks. Mm-hmm. Really impressive up close, especially to Gary Lyon. Really nice. Stuff. Most catches in a debut test match in the history of test cricket. There we go. Look, Eight. I didn't I didn't even know that. Yeah. But then you tell me and I'm like, and okay. Now you know. Then you go tell someone else. They go tell someone else. But also I'm right. And I liked what I saw. Yeah. Alex was composed. He made every catch he needed to. There was plenty of chirp behind the stumps, but not too much. Knows his place in the side. He's, he's on debut. Yeah, he... Look... Not much from him. I think he probably was like, you know what, I'm going to mind my P's and Q's. Just play test cricket. Let yeah. my test cricket... Let the gloves do the talking. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what I'm in the side for, to take catches, mm-hmm. be a presence. Just catches. Win matches. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you very much. On that note, the English can't catch. They don't, they, they don't catch. Rory Burns had one of the worst tests all time. Yeah, I'd say... I, look, that, some people might be like, geez, that's a bit much. I'm like, no, no. No, I think that's fair. Worst test all time. <laughs> Um, out to Stark first ball of the entire summer, Crystal Duck. Yeah, dropped a, dropped a sitter. Dropped a sitter, Drop which was Warner? an important sitter. Yeah, dropped Warner, who went on to make 94 Australian runs. Um, looked good. Dave looked great. Three chances, but that's all right. Look, it's, look, sometimes you can you can knock out a chanceless 100, chanceless, but 
you know, rarely do you get a chanceless hundred. I tell you what, Ben Stokes, he fucking just tries his heart out. He Kiwi born Englishman. That's right. He'd have to have the shits with that wicket was taken away from him, given that he had bowled three no balls, I think, before the, that wicket ball and was never put and was never called out on it. Yeah, but they check it when it's a wicket. Why isn't the third umpire just checking it? What's like back in the day, the umpire used to do both. He used to look at the, uh, he look, used to look for the no ball and then have to look up and look for the wicket. They were like, that's a bit difficult. We take that out of your hands. Yeah. Third umpire can surely do that. Got a thousand cameras. What's he, he's in there in fucking scones and drinking tea. Surely you can get an intern even just watching it. Just going, oh, there was a no ball there. You go, bang, down, take two seconds, no ball. Like, what else are you doing up there exactly? What is it that you're doing? Especially with the time that it takes for the ball to get delivered, the bowler to walk back to his mark. There's a lot of fluffing about. We just talked before about the third slowest overrate in the history of the game. Yeah. Like, there's plenty of time between seeds, mate. Plenty of time to just go, oi, there was a no ball. Why don't you let him know? Some people are going, well, it was still a good ball. It was a shit ball, shit delivery. The only reason he got him was because his foot was six metres over the fucking line. 100%. One of the worst deliveries in the history of Test cricket. You could argue that. You argue it comfortably. But I'm, all I'm saying is I'd have the shits if I'm Ben Stokes being like, mate, you could have called me up fucking four balls ago. Yeah, but fuck Ben Stokes, though. Yeah, I know, but I am but I just don't want it to go our way as well. Do you know what I mean? Of they course. don't peel up. We don't pull up our boys after they've bowled fucking six We don't six bowl no balls. balls, though, you know? Well, I certainly hope not, but now I'm not sure. As long as they're not pulling it up, who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. We just keep your eyes closed when there's a wicket ball as well, exactly. mate. We'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as they remain shut during wicket balls. That's right. Now, country, country boy rested. Country boy rested. What's the issue? I believe a side strain. And now we look towards Jahai Richardson or Michael Nessa. I've got my eyes on Jahai. I have also got my eyes on Jahai. I think every good test cricket side worth its salt needs a Jahai in and around the setup. 12th, 13th, man. No one runs waters like a Jahai. No. No one. They take their job seriously no matter what the job. That's exactly They'll right. do a job. He'll do a job. If, he's, if he has to wear the fluoro and run waters, he'll do it, and he'll do it with aplomb. Now, I think he's going to go well, especially at Adelaide, pink nut, at night, swings it both ways. I think Jahai will be a presence. Keep your eyes on Jahai. Maybe even throw a little money on Jahai mm. because I think Jahai's got wickets in him. Yes. You heard it here first. Country boy arrested, that's fine. I never thought that we would be rolling out the same quartet throughout the summer. It's a long summer. I would have preferred that we did if it was – for me, it's like if they're not injured, don't rest them for the whole summer. Now yeah, but, if there's like, a, but if there's a niggle – Well, if there's a niggle, then you got it. You got it. Have to. The concern as well is that the Dark Angel, David Warner, rib a rib issue, cop one, war one, didn't come out to bat in the second innings. We had Carey of... Well, he would have. Dependable Gloveman coming to open. Apparently he could come in at six. Yes, after he would six, have. But he, but he opted not to because we were only chasing 20 embarrassing English runs. <laughs> So Correct. Let's not waste well, why, the ball here. Why? Why risk it? Yeah. Because there was no biscuit to yeah. risk it for. There was no biscuit. <laughs> 20 runs. That's they no... could have sent you and me out of there and we could have fudged our way to at least nine. <laughs> <laughs> we would have fudged our way to nine. We could have fudged our way to nine. Look, uh, there would have know. been a couple of white losses of wickets, but we would have fudged nine. We could have fudged our way to nine Australian runs, I feel, even if most of them were buys. Yeah, look. A couple off the of, helmet. Just yeah, bend the yeah, – just yeah, put yeah. the head in the way yeah, and then yeah. run. Just fucking – the leg buys them off the helmet. It's yeah. A, it's uh, 
It's an age-old technique for old fucking battlers like ourselves. Well, it's like shouldering arms, but you just yeah. sort of lean into it. Like yeah, you're just yeah. looking for the, to- the top of the dome. Yeah, and just do your best. Yeah. So, again, there was no biscuit to risk it for, so it was a smart decision. David will be there in Adelaide, make no mistake. Well, you'd think so, but there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee at this stage. That's what I'm hearing by just reading other people's <coughs> articles. Well, it's time for Kawaja. Well, that would be who it would be. That's that's It's time. I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling comfortable. I'm not concerned. No, the English will have had their eyes on this test as one they can fucking nibble. But I'm here to tell you, there'll be no nibbling done. No, when they lose in Adelaide, it'll be five nil, weather permitting. You know that. Mm. You got to have a leg to stand on. We'll say this. Obviously, Perth has decided that they want to go it alone. Well, what, they're, they're like, are they, are they above the nation? Are they, like, fucking better than the rest of the country? Is, they that, what they, to, is that what they think? Well, they, they want to go it alone, mm. and in doing so have realised that by going it alone, they're no longer a part of the ashes, because if you go it alone, you're not actually part of Australia. No. And it's Australia that mm. competes in the ashes. So, you know, have it your way. Obviously, um, there's the door, bra. There's the door, bra, and it was promptly shown to them. They tried to like, oh, we'll have the second test. No, you fucking won't, Perth. You shut the fuck up and take what you're given. And if you don't want it, there's the door, bra. Yeah. Hobart, little Hobart, puts its hand up. Originally, I was like, shit. Cricket Australia probably wants revenue. I think now that in light of the treating of Tim Payne, maybe some of the heavy hitters down in Tasmania were like, listen here, cunt, you owe us something. <laughs> You owe us something. You've bloody, you've turfed out our national, our favourite son. But also, you've turfed him out. You've made us look like right gooses. In doing so, made yourself look like right gooses. I think it's time to to right wrongs here. Give us the fifth. Give us a test. I heard someone make a good point, and it might have been, and I mention him every time, because in the summer of cricket, if you're not listening to the great cricketer, you're a fucking idiot. Well, just in general. But I think it was Higos saying... That like if you've got two tests in the same city, that maybe there's a chance that that the like fans don't turn out for both. You know, what I mean? you go to one and you go on to two. I don't know. If that's a like I heard that and went. Oh yeah, I hadn't even thought about it like that. Like I, if there were two in Sydney. I would probably try and go to at least a day of both. But I could understand that argument, and I don't mind that Hobart get it. You know, you right over there, man. Yeah, I'm just twisting a mic, bro. You got a problem? Well, it's making noise. Oh, could you hear it? Yes. Ah, see, I couldn't hear it. That's what I'm like. Easy tiger. Sorry, everyone. Um, I think fucking oath. Hobart, Tasmania, decided to stay part of the nation, opening their borders. Not like West Australia. That's exactly right. And I like it. Little Tassie that could, the little state that could, puts its hand up. I will say this, though, Tasmania. You've got an opportunity here, a good one, to show the rest of the nation that you take test cricket seriously by turning out in your fucking droves. Because... If you put in a weak limp dick performance, one that needs pilot to get going, mm. without pilot, you're fucked, right? Well, I mean, Tasmania not a huge place. We know that. Surely it's like the entire population, we get them all to the game. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think all of them need to turn up. Conscription. Conscri- but it shouldn't be conscription. You no, should want shouldn't. to be there. It shouldn't, Eddie. But I'm, I'm trying to put measures in place to where if you don't show up to the game, much like conscription, if you're a deserter, I think that a woman comes and puts like a, a white feather in your uh, in your letterbox because you're a coward. Yeah. I think that's how they do that's it. That's how it is. Well, I think more than conscription, just say, listen, if you don't go to the test cricket, here's a white flower, you're a coward. A white feather. Feather. I believe. Sorry, twisting it again. And just say you're a coward. You, you, sh- you, 
you should have done more. Yeah. Because the nation needed you to do more. And you've done nothing about it. And now I'm disappointed. And now I'm disappointed. You've let you've let the nation do now listen, we're obviously pontificating around worst case scenarios here, but if you don't if if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. That's right. And we want the fifth test, which is obviously going to be a five nil coronation, to be a raging success. A raging success. And so we need to get all the white feathers we can down to Tassie. That's right. And just have him, you know, if there's like a nightly briefing from the Premier, just know that he's got a big pile of fucking white feathers next to him. Don't even mention it. Just have it as like a subtle reminder that if you don't come, a white feather's going in the letterbox. Now, some might go, I don't give a fuck if there's a white feather in my letterbox. And I go, well, I think you will when you find it in there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Because you'll realise there and then that you're a coward. Yeah. And that you hate your nation. And that, and that we and all that, know. And that we all know. Yeah. Why do, how do we know? There'll be a national database. There's a national <laughs> database and there's a feather in your fucking mailbox. Yeah. That's how we know. That's how we know. There's a feather in your letterbox and you go, oh, well, no one will know. And you go, no, nah, no, nah, there'll yeah. be a TasmanianCowards.com. <laughs> <laughs> and you can go and search, read through all the names of the cowards. Yeah. TasmanianCowards.com.au. <laughs> go check it out. You'll all be there if you don't understand. You'll all be there. So, have Tom and I taken matters into our own hands? Yeah, we have. Yeah, we bought the domain. Why have we done that? Because... It needs to be a coronation yeah. that we can all be proud of. And if we didn't, and do if it, I see empty chairs as we're celebrating another five wheel shellacking, five nil shellacking of the English, then heads will roll and feathers will be placed in letterboxes. It's as simple as that. Yeah, we don't need to go on and on about it. No, maybe we could. We <laughs> could. Maybe we should, but we won't. <laughs> But just know you've been warned. Just know. There are a few, there's a few weeks between now and that test, though, so we might bring it up again. We can't. I can promise that. you right now we'll bring it up again. <laughs> um, so that's, that's, you know, that's, that's what it is. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with Tazzy getting the test. So I'm, I'm fine. So, I'm I think cool. Warney was fucking furious. <coughs> yeah, but Warney's just fucking. Victoria's been in a long lockdown, blah, blah, blah. Right, bro. Go back was to that. Was that his argument? He was like, oh, we, we need it. We deserve it. Mate, you've got the Australian Open starting like around that time. You know, you've already, you will have already had I mean, deserve is a strong word as yeah, well. Why do you deserve it? I don't think so. Well, because he thinks that Victoria runs cricket. You've got the biggest stadium, bro. That's about it. Mm. I don't like, New South Wales runs cricket. Yeah, mate. we've also got the test captain, so suck on that. <laughs> to put it eloquently. Suck on that. Yep. When was the last time they had a test skipper? Pantazzi? Uh, I was going to say Panta. Would have been a while. Who would it have been? Exactly. AB, was he a fucking... Exactly. That's my point. Yeah, Victorians aren't up to captaining the nation. You're not up to it. You're not up to it. Well, at least you haven't been for the last fucking 10 captains. Panta and T-Painter from Tassie. And then it's been New South Wales. Michael Clark, New South Wales. Smudge, New South Wales. Or Steve Tubby. Warren, New South Wales. Tubby, New South Wales. And I don't know what AB was. AB's up for... He's a Queenslander. AB's a Queenslander. Bang. So... And then who's before AB? What, it, it, do, I, do I have to go back to Bill Laurie? Do I have to go back to Bill Laurie? You might have to. Because before Alan Border, well, like, I wasn't alive. So, to me, nothing existed. Well, nothing did exist to you. Exactly. And maybe nothing at all existed. <laughs> Let that one fucking blow your mind. All right, well, that cricket chat was uh, thanks to our good friends at KO. Eddie, I think we probably press on. I think we press on, Tom. 
UFC was on yesterday, buddy. UFC a, 269. Yeah, bro. Um, Dustin Poirier. He gets to the fucking... He gets so close. He is a bridesmaid, it, as it were. 27 dresses. He's Catherine Heigl in 27 dresses. <laughs> he is, though. Like, we were saying... I think we were saying that last week in About Even. Like, imagine if that was his journey through life, is to be Catherine Heigl in 27, in 27 dresses. dresses and just go up, just attend as many big days as possible, but not on your own terms, yeah. and someone else's. You can say he beat Connor, but it wasn't for the belt, which is ultimately... Well, the Connor's the payday, but he wants the belt. He deserves the belt. He's had glory. Make no mistake. He's had glory. He's had a glorious career, but he hasn't had the glory of, he's not of winning a title. He's not married. No. Like, he's gone to weddings and fucked and, you know, Yahoo. He's picked up at weddings plenty. Plenty of times at weddings. And he's yipped and he's Yahooed and he's had the time of his life and he's done speeches and he's cried and he's loved and he's giggled and he's, he's Yahoo. Yeah, he's killed it as an MC. Oh, like. slaughtered as an MC time after time after time. But at the end of the day, Dustin's never found the one for no. him. And sometimes all of that just becomes a bit meaningless. It becomes very meaningless. If you look through it through the prism of, well, I wanted to get married and I didn't even though I dominated round one. But Dude, dominated round one. Like, it looked like he was going to win it in round one. And he honestly almost could have if he'd piled it on. Like, it was obviously... It was easy for me to say if he'd piled it on. He was fucking piling it on. He'd beaten the fuck out of him. Not to say that Oliveira didn't have his moments either. He was he was walking through some serious punches, but he got knocked down a couple of times. He was throwing some vicious knees, Oliveira, as well. But it was just... After the first round, you're like, wow, Oliveira did well to get out of that. Surely Dustin gets it done in round two, as Tom predicted on about even. <laughs> and then Oliveira came out and took him to the ground and just fucked him up for the entire round. And the commentators were like, why is he not even trying to get up? Mm. And his thing was like, I prefer to lose a round than lose a fight. And he was like, if I start trying to scramble and get out of here, this guy's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. He'll just fucking get my back and then I'm fucked. In the end. In the end, that's exactly what happened. Just <laughs> third round. Yeah. He had his back all right. Yeah. You don't see the old standing submission a whole lot. No, apparently Rogan was saying in the call that was the first. That was how Oliveira won his first fight in the UFC. Bit of synergy. He has the most. He has the most submission victories in UFC history. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. That's pretty crazy, huh? That is fucking crazy. He's a beast. Yeah, he's a, he's a beast. He's a fucking beast. He's a beast. I was obviously on Team Dustin. I know you were. I think most of the nation was, and in doing so, the globe I think was on Team Dustin. But some men were meant to be bridesmaids, and bridesmaids, as it were, make the world go round. Because without them... They make movies about bridesmaids. They're not that cool. They're not that good. 27 Dresses, I wouldn't say it's a classic. It's not a classic. It's a rom-com, but it's not a classic Well, you can sit down, you can watch it on a cloudy day with nothing else to do and a bit of a hangover belly, and you know what I mean? Uh, Some Megalos on the way. Mm. Sure, you might put Catherine on. Yeah. Put your feet up. Set and forget. Set and forget. (laughs) But we need people like Dustin in our lives... Otherwise, you wouldn't have bridesmaids. Otherwise, you wouldn't have bridesmaids, but you also wouldn't have brides. No, well, you, who's going to hold the fucking the the, the dress? Who's going to fix the veil? Yeah. Who's going to fix the train? Yeah. Who's going to make sure that you're on time? Who's going to hold prompt? their hair back when they're having a, ner- a nervous vom before? Who's going to organise the hen? Dustin's organising the hands. Dustin's organising Oliveira's hands, and may that may not sit well with him. He might be sick of doing it, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. You got to play your role. You got to play your role. Oliveira, I think, to a, a, a serious, like a, a more serious degree now, has quieted the doubters. Oh fuck yeah, he has big time, and he'll go up against Justin Gagey next. But like he, he's now a certified champion. 
before it was like, well, it was against Chandler. It wasn't really the biggest fight. Like it would, it should have been Poirier, but Poirier's like, fuck that. I'm going to go and fight. I'm going to go and get that big dick money. I'm going to go and MC a Conor McGregor fight. Yeah, and, and get, kill it. Yeah, and get paid handsomely. Get paid handsomely. It. It's like those. Get like, all the laughs. Yeah. It's like the Middle Eastern guys you hear about that get Daft Punk to come and fucking play on their yachts for a night for like fucking four million bucks, and they just fuck off. Yeah, that's sort of what Dustin did. Yeah, da- he's Daft Punk playing on a on a yacht in the Middle East. That's exactly exactly right. Just some billionaires yeah. as they sit there and poo on glass. Yeah, <laughs> snorting, howling, growling, proud. Yeah, and poo. Yeah, and potentially. Poo. Well, or they get people to poo on glass. Well, they're billionaires, so they yeah. do what they want. They're into kicky shit. We can't judge them. I've not, I don't have a billion dollars. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if I was a billionaire, I would let people shit on me through the veil of glass. Yeah, I mean, on like, the glass. we've all seen Squid Games. Like at some point, you got to keep pushing the envelope. Like you get used to shit, right? <laughs> Squid Games, obviously, a true story. Yeah. So I can see where it might go. Yeah. And I don't begrudge Dustin for getting his fill. No. And I dare say he'll be going in for third. Well, yeah, you'd think so. If that is what Connor wants. Connor, well, it'll be Connor, Nate, or Connor, Dustin. Like, there are those. Who the fuck knows, dude? You know what? Like, Or Connor is Mars getting thrown around. We predicted Connor, Nate, three, like, months after that fight. We were like, that's definitely happening again. And it's been fucking years. Well, I think for Connor, whether he wants to admit it or not, it's almost like this little sort of, like, ace in the back pocket that he has. So, like, if he w- loses six or seven on a, in a row and people are going, this is getting fucking ridiculous, he can just call on Nate and people will buy it. Yeah. Buy the fucking truckload, you know yes. what I mean? But it, it's not about Connor. No, it's not. It's about UFC 269. Now, Amanda Nunes, Nunes the Lioness, the they're b- saying the greatest upset in the history of this world. Yeah, try that on for size. Not in the UFC, punters and dribblers, in the history of MMA. Some motherfucker had 300 grand on her to win, to only win 25 Gs. He now doesn't have 360 grand, and no. he doesn't have the 25 that he would have won because you lost. That would have been one of the roughest, assuming he was American, Saturday nights of his life. Of his entire life. That'd be a tough one. Imagine watching that going, oh, hang on, she's taking some punishment. Oh, dear. Oh, why is she oh, wait. just, just oh. stand there and brawl? Oh, wait, what? Oh! Oh! And then. See your bra onto the ground, shut the fuck up, lights are out. Yeah, Steph ruined it for me of all people because I was at home with Evie mm. and I am constantly hamstrung on Sundays when there's UFC events and I'm trying to watch people beat the fuck out of each other but also trying to shield my young daughter's eyes from the brutality of human existence. Yes. And so I'm having to pause the fucking pay-per-view every once in a while to go play blocks with her or like I'm trying to play with the blocks and I'm, I've got the TV obscured from her view. But so I'm, I'm behind the... The action. I'm not live play. Yeah. And then Steph calls me coming back from a fucking baby shower of all things. She's like, how the fight's going? I'm like, oh, I'm just watching now. She goes, oh, yeah, how about that Nunes losing? And I was like, excuse me? I'm like, how the fuck do you know about that? And she's like, oh, it's on, it's on, it was on at the baby shower. I'm like, firstly, what sort of a baby shower has fucking UFC on? Secondly... Thanks for ruining the greatest upset of all time. I now saw it coming. I wasn't as shocked as everyone else. I was like, oh, okay, well, this is how it happens. So You don't see that coming. You don't see Steph going to a baby shower and watching goddamn UFC. Well, obviously the husband. Well, I would assume so. Obviously a devout devout supporter going, it's not my fault you put the baby shower on a Sunday afternoon. No. I told you to put it on Saturday. You nabra me. 
and now the UFC's on. The most important thing, I think, for anyone... Now, listen, it could be man, woman, or otherwise, but obviously you and I both fully identifying males at this point. So I'm speaking to us. And it's important for us, I think, to, as far as humanly possible in advance, book in in your calendars with your significant others when big events are on, sporting events, so that you don't get fucking hamstrung. Like, sorry, UFC 269 is coming up. In a, as soon as it's announced, basically, the card, I should go to our, like, diary and just put it in there and go, I'll see you Monday. Yeah, I'll see you on Monday. Yeah, because I also missed out on Connor Nate too. Yeah, yeah, you've been found out before. You were at some French restaurant. I had to go to a French croissant. restaurant with... Uh, Steph and her friend and my mate who was dating her friend at the time and it was the most unnecessary of lunches where like love them all everyone involved but it was like didn't need to happen and I was absolutely devastated that I was missing it and then when I called my brother afterwards he goes it was the fucking sickest thing ever kind of beat him five round war and I'm just like oh my god oh my god (laughs) yeah that's exactly how it went. That's exactly how it went. So what we're saying around about wave hunters is you need to play eyes up. Mm. You need to book out the calendar. You need to have your affairs in order. It's almost like a will, if you will. Yes. But it's not a will. You're not dying. You're not you're trying to live. Mm. It's a reverse will. Yeah. What can I what, what what can I put in place so that I have an opportunity to live instead of die? A safeguard of sorts, an anti will. We'll work out the terms and the name at some point. Maybe you guys will reach out with one for us. Um, but that's what it is. Now, Taito Ivasa goes on his for, a forced fight win streak after knocking, I think his name was Saki, knocked the fucking, knocked him clean out in the second round. Bam Bam can throw. Bro. Yes, he can. I'm wondering, with the situation he's in, like, I don't know whether he'll ever be a champion. It'd be sick if he would. Like, I don't know enough to really be able to make that call. But, like, he's definitely a brawler, and you look at the top end of the heavyweight division with, like, obviously Nganu is all just power. You look at someone like Cyril Garn, and they're fighting soon. Should be marking that one in the diary. Cyril Garn, though, like, one of the most skilled fucking heavyweights you'll ever see. I'm like, I don't know if Bam Bam's that sort of a... You don't have to be. You can just go on Francis Ngannou someone, right? But it's like, you know, who knows what the trajectory is for Bam Bam. But he has... For me, if I'm a, if I'm Dana White, he's like got a contract with the UFC as long as he wants it. He gets the crowd so jacked up, like he could just be getting paid shitloads of money to be an undercard fighter. He comes in, they allow him. I remember when he was early on in his career, he wanted to walk out to a certain song, and Dana White was like, "Fuck that!" Like they all have to have their songs cleared by him before they do them. He was like, "Fuck that!" I'm not letting you walk out to whatever the song was. Yeah. But after he's gaining all this traction, he now is able to walk out to whatever he wants. He walked out to fucking Barbie Girl. And the crowd, like, he just walks out to these songs to get the crowd up and about, and he's asked afterwards, like, did you walk out to Barbie? He's like, yeah. And they're like, why? He's like, because it's a fucking banger. <laughs> he's like, that's why. He's like, don't tell me when Barbie Girl comes on that you don't start banging your head. Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why. And then he gets up there, and he flogs people, and then he gets on the cage, and he does shoeys, and he shoeys all the way in and yeah. out. And the crowd goes mental, dude. You know why else they love him? Because he's a big thicky. He's a big thicky. And he's and it's and it's putting faith back into humanity for big thickies all over. Exactly. Going, okay, we can still bang, baby. We can still bang. Thickies still do the damn thing. Fucking oath, they do. But a, like, but he can. Let's say he's. Let's say he doesn't have title contender in him. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying let's say that he doesn't. 
Does he ever has he ever fought a top ten contender? Yeah, he fought uh, Junior De Santos when he was early in his career, and dude, he had him rocked, and then he just went too hard, and then De Santos rocked him back and beat mm-hmm. him. It was a real like sliding doors moment where I was like, holy shit, he was actually. He had Dos Santos, who was a former heavyweight champion, two-time heavyweight champion, maybe, do your own research. And then he just went too hard and got caught. But And then he sort of slipped out of the top 10. I'd say he might get close to getting back in the top 10 with this one. I don't know. Um, but he gets the crowd going so hard, which is what you want at these events, right? You know he's going to come to try and knock someone out. And then afterwards, he gets up on the cage and does shoes, and the crowd's going psycho. Like, he might have had one of the loudest roars outside of the main events. for Comfortably. What, yeah. And he's on the cage, and, and as he's, and he's leaving... On, he's on the undercard. He's in the prelims. Every single motherfucker as he's walking out has their shoe held up with a beer, waiting for him to walk past, like, have a shoey out of... He would have done a shoey out of every single person's beer if he could have. So, like, that's what I... Like, why wouldn't you... As if they don't want that guy around. Well, mate, they do want him around. That's the thing. He will be around. If he keeps winning as well... Like, he went through a bit of a land streak there for a while. Yeah, like, like a three-fight losing streak. But he's streak. fucking panicked. What's he? Four? Three? Four, four, four? four. Yeah. So, mate, he's in a good place. Entertaining as fuck. They're in the entertainment business. He represents big thickies the globe over. The world over. Mm-hmm. He does shoeys, which don't get old. Shoeys never get old. He, get, he walks out to Barbie doll. I wish he didn't spit Barbie them. girl. Yeah, but I sort of go, you know what? From the area... Look, it's Western his, Sydney. He's being himself. He's he's playing up to it. You I know? know. I'd love a shoey without the spit. That'd make me very happy to get around it. I'm more of a Ricardo shoey guy for that exact reason. You know, I'm a germaphobe. Sure. And I'm prepared to do a shoey, and that's germy as fuck. But spitting, it's just one is a bridge too far for me. I get that. And my sensibilities. That's fine. My you're germaphobe. Well, you're germaphobe. So that makes Would sense. Would you do a shoey that fucking tired spat in? Honestly, I t- I give you the hot tip. I give you the hottest tip. If Ty just won and we were like in the cage or something and he put me on the spot, you'd probably have to. You might have to then. I'd vomit though. I'd do but it. But think about it. Are you going to like people watching on, egging you on, a crowd full of people? Are you going to be like, nah, Ty, sorry, brah. I don't <sighs> think you would. There's I, a real chance I would say no. You reckon you would? There's a real chance you'd I'd say no. You'd get booed and you'd become like, you'd go viral yeah, for I being know. the guy that didn't have the stomach for it. I know. And you could come out and tweet going, I'm a germaphobe, leave me alone. And people wouldn't give a shit. No, go, I know. Loser. I know. I know. Know that. I'm, I reckon I'd back myself and get into the tough stuff. Yeah. Get I'd, the job done. I'm a pussy. If that's Not a swallower. No, I'm not a swallower at that point. I think that's where I'm, like, that's just almost where I have to rule myself out. As much as I don't want to, I want to be, you know, fucking one. You want of to be boys. a man of the people. I want to be a man of the people, but that's tough, <laughs> tough stuff. <laughs> that's as tough as it gets. Well, look, I I don't see that in your future, so I think you should be okay. But you never know. No, you don't. When you're top of the heap, well, we've got fucking mutual know. friends. We do. He's at where he's one degrees, two degrees of. He's very tight with Clancy and Errol. He's very tight with Clancy and Errol. In fact, I've met him. I think I might have as well. Actually, yeah, we did. We have met him. We have. We've met him at a Christmas party. So, you know, the opportunity may cement a rise. Especially yeah, if he listens to this and goes, I want to spit in Tom's mouth. Yeah, that'd be tough for me to handle, right? I'd fucking... That might be how I die. Maybe. Die of shock. Yeah. Now, are we done with 269? I think so. Sean O'Malley was the other one that was good. Waiting for him to fight a... Re- like, apparently, that's like the one where... Like, that was a real mamma jammer of a guy he fought. He fucked him up. He just looked so good. Fucked him up real good. Mm. Um, but oh, Cody Garbrandt, yeah, Kai Kara France, Kiora, my bro, uh, one of our Kiwi brethren, got the job done. Cody, a former bantamweight champ, coming down to uh, 
lightweight, flyweight, flyweight with the tiny boys talking all this shit. Like I'm, you know, took me seven months to weight cut and I'm fucking got all this power and watched me come down and fuck <laughs> people up. And then Kai Kai was like, oh, righto, brah. Boom. Fucked him up. First round. Good night. Good night. Uh, Cody has been knocked out a fair bit recently. Mm. One of those ones where you're like, oh, dude, you're... Might be curtains for Cody. Yeah, like your jaw's going. Might be curtains for Cody. When's the jaw goes, bro? Not much left. No. Now, an exciting news for the punter and the dribbler. It's been announced. Israel Adesanya, Robert Whitaker is happening. Mm-hmm. I'm dripping wet. Yes. I know Tom is. Yes. I know the nation of... New Zealand and Australia dripping wet. Yep. I can't tell you how pumped I am. Like, Israel, I think it's fair to say, fucked him up in their first fight. It's very fair to say. Um, I think we see a different Rob. Same. I think we have to. I think Rob knows he needs to be a new man, a better man. We might see a a, a wrestling Rob. Play to his strengths. Or is his weaknesses. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You don't want to stand up and bang with Izzy. Well, you do. You well, look, up. Rob can. He can, but, but, he, he, but he tried he to. He tried to, and he got fucked up. <laughs> and you just go, well, Jan Blahovic, of former lightweight champion fame, took Izzy down a fair bit. Now, obviously, there's a weight discrepancy there, but again. Win's a win. Do we know what we're talking about? No, we don't. And I'm sure there'll be some uppity MMA fan who's done jiu-jitsu for a year and a half who starts fucking getting in the DMs going, fuck, when you guys talk fighting... Well, you're allowed to be uppity. You're allowed to be. But at least we admit we don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, whereas you're like a fucking white belt. Exactly, bro. Go back to karate. Now, I don't have much more to say about that other than I hope they have it in Australia. I think they will. I think they will. I think Sydney's begging for it, Tom. Yeah. I think Kudos Banks got its hand up. Imagine a bloody Cambosis Jr. title fight and a Robert Whittaker Adesanya title fight in the same year in the great state of New South Wales, Sydney, Australia. Thanks for coming. That's what dreams are made of. Yeah. Shout out to George Cambosis for getting on Rogan's podcast as well. If you haven't listened to that, it's a fucking good interview. Oh, is it? Yeah. I haven't listened to it yet. No, nah, he's good. He's nice. good. Not that, we, not that we needed to see him on Rogan and know that because all of his, you know, yeah, like I started consuming all of his shit. Uh, sort of in the once you hopped on the bandwagon. Once I hopped on the bandwagon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was a good interview nonetheless. Um, but that's Biff's though. I'd say Eddie. That's Biff's baby. That's Biff's. Eddie, I'm just watching a video right now that you might enjoy. What are you saying, Tom? I'm seeing a man on a comeback trail. I'm seeing a man fucking chasing redemption. A man by the name of Bernard Tomic. Now, I'm just going to play the audio for this video directly into my microphone here because this is a low-tech episode. But it's high on dribbling yarn. Bernard basically boxing and shit as he talks over his comeback. I don't know who's produced this or what, but let's just have a listen. But I can't give up. You don't think I see the hate comments? It hurts. In the past, I used to let it get to me and react out of stupidity. But now, I'm using it as fuel. I'm back. I am. I'm hungry and I'm ready. No one can stop me now but me. I'm training. I'm sweating. I'm pushing. I'm fired up. Whatever it takes to get back to the top. Hard work pays off. I put my blood, sweat and tears into this sport. I have come back before and it's time to set the record straight. I've had a lot of hate. Okay. That whole thing was him doing battle ropes. 
boxing. I'm training. I'm off. sweating. Yeah. No one can stop him except himself. I, uh, are you, uh, off the back of that, Tom, do you have a little something on Bernard to win the Australian Open? Well, is he, is he qualified? <laughs> well, I mean, I think he gets through qualification based on what he's telling you. He's got a new Instagram, real.bernardtomic. Um, are you telling me you're not buying what he's selling? No, I'm not. Not, but if you, he's gone vegan. Fucking oath, of course he has. Bernard's gone vegan. Of course he has. He's changed his Instagram handle. Love that. And he's put up a video. I don't know if he's also maybe parted ways with his OnlyFans miso. I think he has. With whom, you know, we've had our own run-ins. Sure. But Bernie looks like he is ready to rip and tear and to make a, you know, make a an assault on the top one hundred men's tennis rankings. Could you be? Could you say that he's prepared to right horrible wrongs to die on the court to die on the court for what he believes in? What he spent his life doing? Is he prepared to die on the court? He's gonna have to, Tom, if he wants to break the top hundred, and you know in doing so, start to play the big tournaments again. Mm. I don't know. The punter and the dribbler probably don't know where Bernard's been doing his work. But basically, there's three tiers to tennis. There's like the Pro Tour that you know about, the ATP fucking, the Grand Slams, ATP 1000s, 500s, 250s, 125s, yada, yada, yada. Then you go down like a couple more rungs. And that's where Bernard's been plying his trade. Really? Is there any money in those? No, there's not. Blokes live in their cars and okay. drive around. It's really lonely, grindy stuff. Mm. And I think that's probably why Bernard put his time and energy into an OnlyFans career uh, that involved some extremely explicit stuff at a Team Bernie. Yeah. If you believe the videos. Well, you can only really see his hands, but... There was some racy stuff there was some that came across They looked like house. Bernie's hands. Yeah. They looked like Bernie's hands. And it looked like his racket. <laughs> um, his stick, if yeah, you know what I mean. Well, yeah. I mean, I thought, I think that, you know, people understood what I was saying, Eddie, but cock. <laughs> um, I hope it's true, Bernie. I hope it's true. Because, I mean, a dialed-in Bernie Tomic might be just what the nation needs. Imagine a Curious Tomic final at the Australian Open. I know we're talking. Is it possible? No. No. But do we dare to dream? Yes. You better believe it. Daydream, though. Like, it's not a full dream. No, it's a daydream. It's a daydream. It's like, like, oh, imagine if. And then that's sort of it. If I was to have a full, like, REM sleep dream about it, it'd need to be at least slightly possible. Well, you're not going to have a REM sleep. No. I can't see it happening. But I've got to be positive for Bernard. Mm. You know? He's asking the nation to get around him. That's a fucking. That was a. That was a. Inspiring piece had like rap music. He sort of beats behind it, and it was him. He didn't look. He. I mean, like. Did he edit it himself? I don't. I hope not. I think he probably had someone doing it for him. But like, it was. You know what though? Sometimes when the production quality is bad, that's when it's like. That's when it's good. It's good because it's like we. I don't have all the money to just like. Cause I'm assuming maybe that's also he's realized he's pissed away a lot of. His millions. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's like, it's not, that's not like um, Conor McGregor satin sheet sort of situation. Jim Jam stuff. No. That's sleeping in the back of your car tournaments. 
That's grind, That's hustle. Yeah, I'm at the bottom. I need to go back to the yep. top, sort of vibe. Yeah, I don't think he'd be driving around in the orange fucking Lambo, Lambo and shit anymore. He might be. He might have screwed a bit away, but mm. I feel like he's been spending a bit. I wonder what the resale is in a Lambo that's like 15 years old and probably, you know, chip paint, semen stains in the back. I was going to say full of semen. Yeah. I think we can all be confident of that fact. Yeah, we do know that. But good, luck, good luck to Bernie. Good luck to Bernie. Good to see you back, bro. Hope to see you back. We'll uh, be in your corner this summer, mate. Always. 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 Um, before we go, Edward, I just sort of wanted to get your take on... The uh, the Formula One, because you're my racing guy. Yeah, and that's not saying a whole lot. No, it's not. I think it's fair to well, say. Well, it's saying a lot about us. Well, it's saying a lot about us. You know, not the biggest motorheads of all time, but you've got to call and speak to a momentous occasion when it arises, punters and dribblers. Obviously, Max Verstappen became world champion overnight in very contentious, very... Controversial. Controversial circumstances. But him and Lewis Hamilton, I think a seven-time champion. Dior. Max Verstappen looking for his first Formula One title, at least. The Silver Spoon spoon Kid versus... Is he a Silver Spoon Kid? Big time, yeah. His dad's like a billionaire, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. and basically poured resources into his success. Obviously, he's a hell of a driver. That doesn't matter, though. Like, it's you... That's just how he's referred to. Yeah, but there are, like, a lot of super rich fucking kids who, you know... But supposedly in in Formula One, because of the advantage it gives you in in karting, it's like a tremendous leg up. Wow. I think most kids on the karting scene now are, like, well-to-do. Just because of the cost. Yeah, okay. Anyway, that's by the by. It's just part of the narrative. His dad's a billionaire? Or something like that, yeah. Part of the narrative, punters and dribblers. Going into the last race, equal on points. Um, Lewis Hamilton takes the lead on the first corner, I believe, of the race. And looks to have it sewn up. 11-second lead with like six or seven laps to go. Some bloke crashes. Safety car comes out. And then the race director made a call that allowed cars that had been lapped to overtake the safety car in order to make up their position. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So they've gone from a lap behind to... Now right up their ass. Right up their ass, which had some sort of effect on how close Max was able to get well, to... Well, not some sort of effect. It's obvious, right? Well, because he could then go past... He must have been coming second then, right? Yes. But... That is where the contention lies. But if he wasn't, so had he been lapped? No, Surely not. So no, how's no. he overtaken safety? Well, I, because some of them did and didn't. I don't know. It's, that's a massive deal. All I do know is punters and dribblers. Is that it was contentious as fuck. He got overtaken with like five laps to go on the last lap of the last race of the whole year. Wait, not Lewis five did. laps to go. The last lap, you're five corners to go. Oh right, and overtook him. Yeah, there is an element there because, like, again, without knowing. The uh, ins and outs of uh, Formula One, which we do endeavour to get our heads around at some point in the next 25 years. <laughs> he still had to overtake him. You know, like he still had to overtake him. Well, he was on fresh tyres, so he was a lot quicker. Ah. That was the thing. If they hadn't, this contentious safety car decision to let lap cars overtake the um, safety car, and then other guys like Ricardo didn't choose to lap the safety car, basically played right into Seb's hands. He wouldn't have won otherwise. Not Seb. Um, Max. Max. He was too, uh, 
fucking Lewis was too far in front. Like it was done. It was done and dusted. Gets a sniff back in the race. He'd already pitted a second time. He's on fresh tires. See you later. Lewis couldn't stop him. So it basically came down to, in an, in essence, luck and the decision of the steward. Because Lewis had, he, like Max had no right winning the race. Put it that way. Yeah. He won it on the terms of, like it or lump it. Some guy getting involved. Luck. Yeah. I, uh, I but, mean, yeah. But it does mean that Lewis is now marooned on the same amount of world titles as Michael Schumacher. He would have gone one clear. He would have gone one clear. There you go. There you go. So, I mean, it's been the talk of the town. Tom and I will put our hands up and say that we don't watch a shitload of Formula One. Sue us. Sorry, we had to get up very early today to continue pounding packages into the earth, and I didn't think that staying up all night and watching Formula One, even though we are the host of the number one sports podcast on the planet, allegedly, as a plane flies past. Well, we put the punter in the dribbler first. It's as simple as that. And if you needed evidence of that, well, I've just given it to you. Makes sense? Hope it does. I hope you got it. Did you get it? I hope you did. Oh, shit. Burn Atomic fucking popping up again on my phone. It's been a hell of a show, Puns and Dribblers. It's been one of the great shows all time. Um, I'm confident to say that. I know Tommy is. Yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure to share the... Uh, share your time with you. Yeah. Does that make sense? Now, we will be doing a live stream for one of the days of the day-night test, one of the evening sessions. That's right. Um, I think it's going to be Thursday. I believe so. Thursday night. Whatever the fucking time is for that Thursday session. Like six o'clock. Six o'clock. Yep. Me, Eddie, Kempi, and maybe one more yet to be confirmed uh, member. Um, But that that is happening. That'll be a bit of a giggle. Yes, it will be. Um, Be prepared to be uh, not to not come away with any real meaningful, uh, you know, insights from any of us. Punters and dribblers know that your hats and shirts or a combination of which have been sent via Express Post. They are now with Australia Post. So may we wish them Godspeed. Yes, you'll be getting them though. You should be if Australia Post does their job, you'll be getting them before Christmas. You'll be getting them this week even and you'll be looking hot as fuck in them. You'll be looking hot as fuck. Send us in, tag us in your bloody stories wearing it. You know, let us know you're out and about. You'll be looking so hot. You'll be looking so goddamn hot. So hot and so sexy. So fucking hot. And so sexy. Yeah. Um, until Thursday, Edward. Bye-bye. Could you two just not talk anymore? <laughs>